Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to welcome you, um, those who are with us in person and those who are online. I've got a little special helper up here with me today. And so he's, he's got someone with him. Can you tell everybody who you have with you? Woody. Okay. And what is on Woody's boot? Can you show them there's something on Woody's boot? Tell them what it is. It, it's the word Andy. Okay. Who's, who's Andy? Okay, and last question, why is Andy's name on Woody's boot? Because um, it, Woody belongs to Andy. Okay, good job. There you go. Go sit down. All right. Well, thanks for that help this morning. Uh, you know, we're in, we're in this series and we're talking about identity and uh, those of you with with kids at a certain age you've you've watched this show uh, multiple times maybe maybe more than you wish but um, it's it's a popular one and in this movie Toy Story Andy writes his name on Woody's boot and and what this is it is a sign of ownership but it's also something more it's a sign of love and endearment and so Woody is the favorite toy. He, he's the one that is played with the most. And, and having Andy's name on his boot, it, it means something. Andy and Woody, they enjoy this special relationship. And so this morning, what we're talking about is being known by God and what this has to do with our identity. And so before we get to, to Scripture, we, we need to talk a little bit about what it means to be known. And, and this may seem strange, but it's actually quite important because there are two ways that the word know or known are used. In fact, if you look at the German language, they use uh, two different words for these two different ways of knowing. And so we can have sort of factual knowledge about something. We can have scientific knowledge. We can know data points. And because we sort of live in this uh, post-enlightenment Western culture, this is often our default definition for knowing. We know facts. And so for, for us, knowing equals acquiring information. But we need to understand this is not the only way of knowing. Knowing can also refer to something more intimate. It is knowing on a personal level. It is knowing someone rather than knowing something. And it it involves getting to know a person, not just knowing about them. And so when the Bible uses the word knowing, this is typically what it's referring to. This is how people knew people in ancient times. And so the fact that, that God knows us, this is extremely important, and it shows up over and over again throughout the Bible. One of the most famous places is in Psalm 139. I want to read uh, a portion of that psalm for us this morning. and Just listen to the words, listen to the, the intimacy here that God has for us. 
O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when, I, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Now we need to, to mention that, that knowing here is relation, relational. And so what I mean by this is that there are two parties involved. And, and scripture acknowledges this. So we know God, but we are also known by God. And those are two different things. One involves what we do to know God. And the other involves what God has done to know us. And what we most often talk about is us knowing God. Because it's something that, that we can do. It's something that we can understand. We read scripture, we pray, we serve others, we fast. We do these things and we come to know God. Being known by God is more mysterious. It does not involve us doing anything. It's something that, that God does, and we learn about it in the pages of the Bible. Psalm 139 is a great example of this. Throughout the psalm, the psalmist meditates on all the ways that God knows us. And, and God does not simply know about us. He doesn't know just facts having to do with us. He knows us intimately. He knows who we are. In fact, we can say he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so the Bible says that God knows us, but, but again, what does this mean? Well, one thing that it means is ownership. It means that we belong to God. And so we see this in passages like 2 Timothy 2 and verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And so we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been given this new belonging, this new reality. 
And, and the language of being known by God is used of people who are described to be God's children. And so because we are children of God, God knows us. And we are known by God just like a, a parent knows their child. And all of this is extremely significant in the formation of identity. So think about how big a role your parents played in who you are today. You know, if it wasn't for your parents, you would be a completely different person. But, but now what we learn in the pages of Scripture is that we are children of God and we belong to Him and, and He knows us and we are a part of His family. Loyola McLean and Brian Rosner describe the significance of such a relationship. This is what they say, and they're talking about the parent-child relationship. They say, involved, loving parents know their children intimately. Indeed, a child's well-being appears to initially depend less on knowing his or her parents than on being known by them. Did you catch that? What this means is that parents initially give their children their identity. And now I realize identity is a complex thing and it evolves over time. It doesn't stay the same, but identity has a beginning. And, and, and what they're saying is that it starts with the child's parents. And so parents are the foundation for our identity. And, and this is not something that, that goes away. Uh, often when a parent dies, uh, children wrestle with identity issues. Even much later in life, we feel lost, we feel confused, because this person who was responsible for the source of our identity is now gone, and we can have a, a crisis of identity once we lose a parent. And I point all of this out so we know how big a deal it is that, that we are known by God and that we are his children. This is not just some trite theological point that, that means very little to our lives. It is essential. It's a, it's a big deal. God knows our names. He knows who we are. God is he's to be the source of our identity. He gives it to us. He tells us who we are. And we form our identity by listening to God. Think about this question. Who are you? And there are many ways to answer this question. And we've talked about several of these throughout this series. Many things go into shaping who we are. But again, only one of them is ultimate. Who are you? And, and how do you answer this question? Be honest. You know, you might say, well, I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a mother. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. You could tell people what you do for a living. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a police officer. I'm a, a mechanic, a, a banker, a soldier, a nurse, or, or whatever it is you do. You might mention your political affiliations. I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal. I'm an independent. 
You may describe yourself using your favorite hobby or your favorite sports team. But you, you, you get the idea. I, I could go on and on and on with the various ways that, that people answer this question. There are many things that go into forming our identity, and this is an important question. It determines the trajectory of our lives. And, and so how we answer this question, it can lead to satisfaction or it can lead to dissatisfaction. It, it can lead to clarity or it can lead to confusion. It can lead to, to restlessness or it can lead to peace. And all of this comes back to identity. Who are you? I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. My identity is found in Christ. And this should be our default. This should be the first answer that we give. It should be the foundation for our identity. If it's not, then we're like that, that foolish man who, who built his house upon the sand. And we have built our identity on a foundation that is not stable. God understands how important identity is. This is why over and over again, he tells us who we are. Just open the pages of the Bible and you see it all over the place. Spend some time in a passage like Isaiah 43. I'll give you part of it this morning. And listen to these words and let it soak in who God says you are. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God knows our name. We are his. And, and he's with us no matter where we go. We are precious in his eyes. He loves us. We are his sons and his daughters. He created us for his glory. He formed us and made us. And we learn all of this from five verses in Isaiah. And this passage is not unique. We find this language sprinkled throughout the Bible. Why? Because it is important for us to know who we are. And we not only need to know, but we need to be reminded over and over again, this is who we are. You know, every day I, I drop Jackson off at school, and the last thing I always tell him is, I love you. And he knows that because I tell him that every day. But I want to remind him. I want him to know that as he steps out of that truck and, and he enters the doors of the school. I want it to form who he is. And no matter what happens, he is loved. No matter what others might say, he is loved. And he's working from this foundation 
where he has parents who care about him and who are actively involved in his life and who love him. Well, guess what? The same is true for all of us. God knows our names. He cares about each of us. And he is involved in our lives. And I realize there are times when this is hard to believe and and God has to go to greater lengths to try and get us to understand. We actually see this in places like Isaiah 49. God tells the people of Israel all of this in Isaiah 43 and they have a hard time with it. And so he comes back in Isaiah 49. The people are in exile. And it's difficult for them to accept these words. It feels as if God has forgotten them. And this is what God comes back and he says. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion or the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands and your walls are continually before me. And so God asks here, can a woman forget her nursing child? And the answer is no. A woman would never forget her own child. But then he says, even if this were possible, even if maybe somewhere out there in the world this has happened, God says, I'm not going to forget you. He is our parent. And and he's greater than all earthly parents. God has all the best qualities of parents and more. And then God says, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. And and so this is is interesting. I I don't know if this one's talked about so much, but, but we are so dear to God that he tattoos our names on his palms. And, and it was common in the ancient world for, for kings to get tattooed to show their devotion to the pagan gods. But here, God shows his devotion to us. And we are forever his. And God loves us and, and, and he wants us to know it. So much so that he engraves our names on his palms. In Toy Story, Andy writes his name on Woody's boot. And and this is a sign of ownership. It's a sign of endearment. It it gives Woody a sense of identity throughout all the movies. He belongs to Andy. He is wanted. He is loved. He has a purpose. And when Woody is feeling down or confused, it reminds Woody of who he is. In the book of Isaiah, we learn that God has our name on his palms. So God doesn't write his name on us. He writes our name on his palms. We are his. We are known by him. And God has a purpose for us. He loves us, and this informs who we are. So remember... Isaiah 49 and verse 16. If you need to, print it out, put it on your mirror, uh, put it in your car, put it on your desk at work. Never forget whose you are. Because God doesn't. You belong to God. 
and your name is always with him. And this is your identity. This is who you are. You are a child of God, forever loved. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this time together where we can focus on you and worship you and to read these words that encourage us and form us in Scripture. We are so grateful for your love for us. We are so grateful that you keep reminding us of who we are. We are yours. We are a child of God. May we never forget this, Father, and may we live into this reality each and every day. May we embrace this identity and no others. May we live as children of God. We're so thankful for Jesus who made all this possible, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Now, uh, receive this blessing from the book of 1 Thessalonians. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.